in five, four, five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bishop Mortimer's Day Off, where you know every day is a day off when you're dealing with a bitch like me. So today, y'all, I didn't brought back my madre. So with that being said, we're gonna do a story time of for my mom's adolescent. This is from before I was where she and her siblings all lived in the house. This is not the haunted house, so you guys don't get uh, those uh, mixed up. It was years before the haunted house in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, the haunted house took place in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the time my mom's brother, she has two brothers, not her oldest, but the second brother she has, uh, the second youngest, uh, joined the occult. And it sounds just as dramatic as it is, because I know y'all going to be thinking like, you know, Ma, let's keep it real. Black people don't do that. <laughs> like, not well, all black people. That is true. You don't really find too many African Americans. You don't find too many of them that like to dabble in the occult. Literally, back in those days, in the 70s, I'm talking this was like mid 70s to late. You, you don't, you, that wasn't even heard of. Now, don't get me wrong, and I have nothing against Caucasian persuasion, but basically, you'll, you would always hear more of them dabbling in the occult. Right, then you would African Americans, but we don't judge. But it's like, no, that's it's just unusual for black people. Not saying that black people don't do it, but it's like you don't see it as often as you may see like Caucasian paganism and witchcraft and stuff like that. And also, mind you can be unfiltered on here. I know. Because uh, you talking all 10 and 2, girl. No, let's just keep it real. You be like, nigga this, nigga that. No, let's just keep it real. I'm just about to state the facts. I'm going to tell you what I remember from my incident. You know, and I was a teenager, probably about 14, something like that, 15 at, at the most. Because my brother Keith, he was always a year older than me. My brother, he was the one that, you know, would dibble and dabble in, in satanic worshiping, but we never knew. How did you first discover that he was into that? Because you were the closest sibling to him, because you're the very youngest out of nine. Exactly. Well, how I found out and how I kind of had a suspicion at first, because he had he had a girlfriend who we all went to school with. No, she really wasn't one of my favorite people, but I know my brother loved her, you know, and she was always welcome over to our house. She was always welcome in our house. Um, her and my brother, they would spend a lot of time in the bedroom, and, you know, let's keep it real. We kind of knew what was going on. Okay, be you, you know, but um, there was one time I had knocked on the door because my mother had said, Renee, go let keep know it was time for dinner. Right. So I knocked on the door. And I heard some like I thought it was the music, you know, because they was getting busy, but uh, it was like more like a chant. And I opened the door, and his room was pitch dark. Him and his girlfriend were sitting on the floor, Indian style, with their legs crossed, and they had their hands. They were holding hands, and I couldn't understand why they had all these candles in the circle. Right. I just said, "Keep, Mama said it's time to eat." He said, yeah, yeah, shut my door. So I, hey, I... Because you know how brothers... Yeah, yeah, my brother, he was, you know... he. In a quiet taste. Yeah, he was one that you really had to really get to know. Really, he, Nice person, but just, he had his ways about him, you He know? was like a Ferris Bueller, like that popular kid in school. But Very, just, yes, he was. If you got a sour side, it was definitely a sour head. Oh, you shall know what to say, because this year it was. And so I had let Mama know that I had went and told Keith there was time for dinner, and he said just shut the door and she said okay I'll put him a plate aside as well as she did and uh, 
my mother noticed that Keith was acting really strange. He was real young at the time, too. That Keith was acting really strange. And so if you were like 14, 15, he was like, what? No, I was 15. He would have been 16. Let me rephrase that right. And, um, you know, my mother, it took her because she always had an insight. She could always tell, you know, what was going on. And she wouldn't really let you know. But I know there was one day my, my mother had went to clean his room. And she noticed that he had this big old carpet on the floor, and she really didn't pay it much mind, but she thought it was odd. So she had moved it. Oh, to sweep? Yeah, to sweeping that, and Lord have mercy, she found a pentagram on the floor. Lord and so she questioned him about it when he got home from school that day. She had asked him about it. And he got real mean and evil and nasty, started talking shit. Oh, well, you had no right being in my room and stay out my room. Now, he failed to realize she was the one paying the rent. Right. But yet, you know, Mama just, Mama didn't really say too much of anything. But then his, his behavior started changing. He started, you know, like you hear, started wearing black clothes, skin-tight jeans, and and. And he wore skin-tight jeans anyway because it <laughs> was y'all you know y'all know because see we grew up in the seventies and that was what it was all about tight jeans and you know getting the right fit so that wasn't really anything out of the norm but he just wore a lot of black yeah and he was so colorful before like very popular yeah he was you know, so with the football players yeah my my brother was one of those stereotypes as to where like in when we were like in high school you know I would always run up to him because. I wanted to be a part of that because he hung around football players, athletes, cheerleaders. Not and, you going after the football players. No, and he always had a, a entourage, if you will, of people around him. And he never hung out with them. They hung out with my brother. Right. And so I thought that was odd, but I'm like, well, he was never in the sports, so how would... But Keith always growing up, my brother always knew a lot of people. He had one of those type of personalities that just draw you to him. Very charismatic. Very, very much so. So anyway, make a long story short, my mother, she started seeing like certain signs and one summer he just took off, hopped on the bus and went to San Francisco, got out there, got his ass stuck, had to have my, um, no, my mother called the police is what it was because he wasn't listening and she thought, you know, he, she called the police, maybe they could talk to him and I, they gave him a little talking to, listen to your mom. And basically in those days, that's kind of all they said. The and he said, well, I ain't got to listen to you. He would say to my mother, I don't have to do what you tell me to do. And like my mother said, if you don't like it, you know what? I'm not going to tell you to leave, but if you can find another place, I'm not going to hold you. And... She and I remember she had apologized to him for saying that, but she could tell there was a change in him. Make a long story short, my brother hopped a bus going a Greyhound, mind you, going to San Francisco. For some reason, he thought he was old enough to what as to where he knew what he was doing. Hopped a bus going to San Francisco, got his ass out there, didn't know what the hell to do, didn't know. Um, I guess he thought that maybe he could like get an apartment and and find his chosen right and didn't have no money mind you at the time i think all he had was something like 20 bucks and what he had to realize is too that california is a different monster than little old wisconsin didn't live in wisconsin Wisconsin. you don't know what to say but like i had said 
It, 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 in a way, it was sad, sad that he wouldn't listen to our mother, um, sad that he thought he knew it all. So when he left, my mother, and I think it was one of my sisters, I think it was Marianne and Janice, they went, and my mother, they went in his bedroom to clean it out, okay? Right. And my mother started tearing down these posters like of Ozzy Osbourne, um, Iron Maiden. That's the group that he got into music like that. Let's, he always got into groups like that. Right. You know, even my older brother, God rest his soul, Chris, he got into music like, you know, Alice Cooper, all that. So right. I kind of grew up with that kind of music, so I'm not going to say it was satanic. But he had posters like that, so mom and them started ripping them down. Lord have mercy, my mother found pentagrams on the walls. She found upside down crosses, and she had said to my sisters. You did a deep dive in it. Right. She had said to my sisters, I knew. I had a strong feeling that he was into something, but he's in way over his head. And the thing is with Granny, she never forced you to believe what she believed in. That's she it. She had a girl who grew up in a church in like the 30s and the 40s yes, and she stuff, did. going every day, you amen, know, having very religious grandparents, great-grandparents, and so forth. For sure. She never forced, you know, her beliefs on you. She never she did. She was always like very, she was like a free flowing spiritualist. Exactly. If we wanted to go to church, that was our option. If we decided not to go, that was also our and option. And she always said the biggest hypocrites were in the church. Right. And my mother always said a lot of times you'll find the biggest hypocrites in the church. So basically that gave us an option whether we want to or not. Me and my sister Marianne, we would go with some friends of ours, you know, we would go with them and and it was a church, you know, it was called, uh, should I say the name? No, you don't have to. Oh, I don't have to say the name, but it was a church, you know, and the reverend, he would get mad at us when we would spend our money on candy because he would say, your mother didn't send you to church with that money to spend on candy. You're supposed to put it in the plate or the bowl. The yeah, the collection thing. And we were like, huh, forget that. And we saved our money, though. We kind of got in trouble. So when we would go back, we would put it in the plate. And anyway, make a long story short. Granny never forced organized religion on her. Cause on, she knew right. how it felt when it was done to her. And she had to go day and night and then be Yeah, because she house. was raised in the church. So, oh, my God, the poor thing. And I, to be a psychic in the 30s and the 40s, ooh, raised child. in the church. And you know how they want to. They'll call it in the church prophetic. When at the end of the day, nigga, you psychic. Just call okay, it Okay, come on now. Let's you keep can see them. things before they happen right. when you know what people are doing. That's but it. But yeah, I just loved how Granny always let us forge our own path. And even yes, if we did. were doing something wrong, right. she would be like, you know what? A hard head makes a soft ass. You're going to find out. I'm not, I'm going to tell, I'm going to warn you. You shall But I'm going to let say. you find out your own way because That's sometimes how she was. the best life lessons are learned the hard way. And he learned it the hard way because. So, okay. He comes back, you know. And just to let y'all know, I've never met Uncle Keith, and we'll get into that later of how he disappeared for like 32 years. Um, but yeah, so he comes back, right? And then how do you guys end up in Illinois, whether for Granny's mother, your grandmother, or what happened? Well, it was, I remember Grandma was sick. Hold on. So he comes back from Illinois. Was he still into that? No, Keith wasn't in Illinois. No, I mean, he comes back from San Francisco. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry that was a, yeah. Let me do a correction. Right. He comes back from San Francisco. Is he still into that? Yeah, he hadn't really changed that much. He changed, but not that much. Okay. Because my grandmother had got sick, so with me... And my mom, we had to go to, me and your granny, we had to go to Illinois, and we stayed with Auntie Sandy. Okay. 
And it was the only one that was in the house was Janice and Keith. They were still there because Mary and everybody had pretty nearly moved out. And Janice and Keith were there. And Janice and Keith never got along. Let's keep it real. That ain't no big secret. And uh, I remember Janice calling down to Illinois saying, Ma, I don't know what's wrong with Keith. Keith took all the food and buried it, dug a hole and buried all the food in the backyard. Oh, and Mama's like, and, and Mama was like, what? She said, Mom, Keith don't want me to eat. So he took all the food, and that's why Keith buried the food, because he didn't want my sister, to, my sister Janice to eat. So he took all the food out of the freezer and shit and buried a hole and buried it in the backyard. Ruined the food, too, in the yep. I think we had something like three more days we were going to stay in Illinois. And Mama kept saying, you know, we got to get on back. We got to get on back. But before before we came home, Janice had came down. And Janice was like, you know what, Ma, there's something wrong with Keith. There is something wrong with that boy. Let me tell you. So now that Janice left, he's in the house by himself. Right, right, exactly. And once my sister Janice came down, that left Keith in the house by himself. Uh-huh. One night, this still give me chills. I know one night, my brother had went to the window to look out the window. Right. And he pulled his curtains back. It was dark. He pulled his curtains was back. Was this fall, summer? What time? Was I believe this was. Did, no, 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 no. This wasn't the winter because I remember it was, we didn't have coats or anything okay. on like that. So I'm, I'm going to say. I'm going to say maybe late summer, early fall. I'll okay, put like it like that. August, September. Probably something around there, yeah. And Keith, he was always one playing his music loud and, and just just saying things that didn't make sense. Right. But he was the only one in the house. Our What we heard, what he told my mother was that he pulled the curtain back, looked out the window, and seen a... Face, a white face with no eyes. I think they were like orange or red eyes. And he said the thing had a tongue, but the tongue was big and round. And he said that when he seen that, he got so terrified that he ran down the stairs. And then he's like, and something stopped them at the foot of the stairs. Okay. Right. I'm going to tell you what stopped them. He's seen... Before he got to the foot of the stairs, he's seen a spectrum or uh, whatever you call them things. Um, it's the cable company spectrum. <laughs> yeah, no, not that spectrum cable a company. A specter. He's seen a specter at the foot of his stair at the foot of the stairs. So that stopped him from running out the house. So what he did, he came back in his room. He made sure whatever that face was was gone. He opened the window and he jumped out of a two-story window. Hit the ground, ran all the way to Marianne and Big. Ooh, well, I'm gonna say the name. Ran, ran, ran all the way to Marianne and Big Russell's house. They said by the time he got there, his tongue had literally swollen up in his mouth. Right. He. They said that his eyes was rolling in the back of his head, and Marianne said that she felt like epileptic. Exactly, because he was so scared to death. And Marianne told him, Keith, sit down, sit down, take a deep breath. And as Keith got his bearings about him, 
he was telling Marianne what had happened. And Marianne's old man at the time, he got into shit like that. He's like, let's go, let's go investigate, let's go see. Marianne's like, oh hell no, nigga, ain't nobody motherfucking going over there. I know that's so, right. So they see. did, so they did all get in the car and slowly ride past. And I remember Marianne mentioning that the window that Keith jumped out of his bedroom window, she seen the curtain slowly move. And she knew wasn't nobody in the house. Ooh. But see, I believe what it was, it was su such a heavy force of energy that Keith had brought into the house. A he negative. Created like a poltergeist. He created something like a poltergeist. I believe that's exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah, because a poltergeist is like one of those spirits that's a culmination of your own energy. It is, yes. And if your energy is heavy and lower enough, mm -hmm. especially when you're going through spiritual warfare, Ooh, yeah. it will be a negative force. And I was scared to come home after I had heard that because Marianne had called down Illinois and said, y'all need to get back here because Mama, and once he told Mama, Lord, Mama told Sandy, you got to bring us home right now. And Janice, my, one of my older sisters, the one that came down there, she said, Mama, I told you there's something wrong with that boy. He just ain't right. Going, who, bur <laughs> who buries food in the backyard? Like Mama said, no, he ain't buried no food in the backyard. When we got home, she had to dig it up. let me tell you exactly. When we got home, Mama went to the fridge. And she's like, where is all the food? Janice said, Ma, I told you he buried it in the backyard. Mama got that metal shovel. She went. Started digging where he had buried because you could tell where he it was a freshly laid um, oh, yeah, dirt. The dirt was in there. right, and Mama started digging. Mama couldn't believe what she had seen. She had never who who would bury food in a backyard. And the thing is, Granny was so powerful. I bet she didn't even need the house to get blessed because her authority was so powerful. Seriously, because even if the house, even when she was in the haunted house, yeah, Granny would still stay in rooms and nothing would scare her because she knew her faith was greater than what she was going up against. You shall know what to say, because can I tell you something? That's why we always stayed close to Mama. Because see, normal people, you see on those shows like you watch a haunted. I as soon as do. something happens, they'll be like, "We need to get a priest and we need to bless." The they stuff. sure and do. Yes, it, they. Will. It makes it worse than what yeah, it is. Yeah, because it does. it's not always going to be sage or a prayer or something. Right. Sometimes it's your authority and what you believe in has to be greater than what you're going up against. Exactly. And a lot of paranormal, you know, researchers, they will tell you that just because you have them come in and cleanse the home, that could make it a hundred times worse. Because you're aggravated. That's it. it. But see, one thing about Mama, she never did none of that. It she was, didn't need to. Mama didn't need to. It was just you knew you would be safe when you were with mama. And then I remember Keith had came back home and mama said, you know what, you need to get right. And Keith sat down and he said, mama, I've never been so scared. Well, he would call her Ma. Yeah. He said, Ma, I've never been so scared in my life. Do you know, Keith, when he came back home, we didn't know he had got into religion. Right. Because that just happened like so many days after Janice had came down at that end. And Marianne said he got so scared he slept in the church. He was not going to sleep in that house because there was nobody there. Right. And can I tell you something? Right hand to God. After that incident happened where he slept in the church, he became... A reverend, you know, hey, you really? do, hey, yeah, he did. Keith was a minister, a preacher, or whatever, but it wasn't like he went to school, theologian school, or right. nothing like that. But can I tell you something? He could just captivate people when he talked. Exactly, because huh? your uncle had a way of talking, and he he could, he was very captivating. But one thing about Keith, once all that had happened to him, and when we came back, though he knew Mama was back, it wasn't like he came back to the house because Mama was back. He came to tell Mama of his side 
of what had happened and that he had changed. Right. And can I tell you, I thought he was going to go back to going up in his room and this and that. He didn't stay there. He stayed in his church. Oh. He made the church his home because he would not come back in that house. He would come to visit. I want to make this clear, but by no means did he ever lay his head down in that house after that incident. Ooh. Uh, right hand to God. Nah, that ain't something. And then, but then we slept there, but nothing ever happened. Cause it, cause it wasn't after y'all. Yeah, I thank God. No, cause I was scared after that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I, cause I remember talking. You put salt outside your door. Okay, <laughs> cause I remember talking to Mama. Like Mama said, you know what? As long as you believe, won't none touch you. Like I said, yeah, but Mom, you're way down here, and I'm way upstairs. She said, you know what? Stop. She said, don't don't take that in like that. She said, Renee, and I sure was, because after all that, that jumped off, and we were out of town, and Lord have mercy, then we come back, and what? And especially since you'll be already seeing spirits and shit like that. Right, and I was always sensitive to seeing things. Right. You know, and I didn't want to see none. What if I were to get up to go downstairs? We had a long staircase. And what if, I don't want to see nothing at the foot of my stair. Mama said, you won't. Mama said, I'm here. You're fine. And for some reason, that, that gave me so much peace that I remember I slept, and I don't snore in my sleep. I think I was snoring that night. But that was one of the most horrific things that had ever happened. And your brother is like a walking mystery because then, years later, you know, you know, with that same girlfriend, he had kids and stuff yes, like that. Yes, he did. And then um, he packed up. And he left. And he left town. And he was never heard from again. 30 years he had been gone. He had packed up, left town, him, his wife at the time, and uh, the same girl who he married that was his wife, and his kids packed up and moved to uh, uh, Massachusetts. And it was just like, and we didn't even know then because he wasn't even there anymore. No, we didn't know. And then it was just like 30 years mm. of silence. Yeah. And, not like, you know, in the beginning it would be like letters and stuff, then the letters got slower. Right, he would always write letters. To, he would always to, write mama letters. Yeah, yes, he the was. letters got slower, and then it was and then like they 30 stopped. years of solitude. That's it. And I would think like the several siblings. Y'all like, thought he was dead. Because literally, that's what we got to thinking that. He probably had died because who does that? And then I grew up on, the reason why I know these stories is like I grew up hearing uh, the elders, you know, around the kitchen table talk, talking about him and stuff like that. Yeah, now, by the time I came around in 94, he was been gone and stuff like that. He'd been left. So um, I've only heard of his legend. I know his kids now because he, of Facebook and social media. Right, but he didn't even know I had a child, you know. Right. He, he he was totally shocked. He did, He's like, what? Because you never wanted kids. Because I never wanted kids. And when he called, that was the last time I think I ever talked to him. When he called, I think you were, what, about, four, I don't want to say five or eight. That's after y'all found him and stuff like that. Right. And he, he couldn't believe it. He was shocked. He said, oh, my God, I never thought you would ever have kids. I said, well, I, I, didn't I, did, I, said, <laughs> I didn't either, but yeah. And I think you was on the phone with him. I'm not sure. I answered the phone, and I was like, he was like, this is um, Keith. And I was like, Keith who? Oh, right, because you didn't know him. Right. Uncle Chris. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Um, he was like, uh, is a Renee Wynn or a, a Berta Wynn there? Um, and I was like, yeah, that's my mom. He's like, your mom? And then I was like, Ma, there's somebody named Keith. And you was like, are you serious? I'm like, oh, my God. It's been 30 years. It so was 37 years. Imagine y'all who are listening to this. You have a sibling, and then you don't hear from 30 years, and then all of a sudden, they're on their phone, jolly on the spot, like, what? Right, like that. And a lot of them, like you said, it, was, it wasn't it was like they're like, 
uh, he moved away and y'all knew he was somewhere out there. No, right. some of them really thought like he passed away because Seriously, when you yeah. go radio silent, what else are you going to Right, and then like, like your granny would always say, <clears throat> no cards or nothing. How do we know he's still alive? I said, well, I don't know, Ma, but I... I used to always be like, what if he had amnesia and stuff like Yeah, I used to think that, no, you literally, I did, because I always thought maybe he lost his memory, because when I talked to him after all those years had passed, when he called, he didn't seem like he could put his thoughts together when he was talking to me, and he seemed a little out there, and I'm like... But then you have to realize, it has been 30 years, and the Keith that you knew was in his 20s, and the ones yes, you're, you're talking to now was like in his 40s and or 50s. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. But, you know, like I had said, to this day, I I pray, I pray to God every day that if he is still amongst the living, yeah. that he's okay and doing well. I don't wish none of my siblings no harm. Okay, so with that being said, yeah, that is the story of my uncle and the occult and like just the roller coaster of life that our family has been mm -hmm. on and stuff like that. When I tell you there's never been a dull moment, it's never been a dull moment. Never. Um, yeah, the spiritual world can be a great world and it yes, can also it, be a scary world if you don't, if you are tap dancing in areas that you should not be, that or if so you're funny. not strong enough. Because That's that. sometimes you have to grow strength through it. You can't just uh, jump into it because you see it on social media, TV, what? or movies. Right, like that. right, because see, with me, I was always scared. I was always scared once I knew that I had a gift. I was always scared, and I know you shouldn't be scared of the gift, but this was like, I didn't even know I had anything like that until I seen my grandmother at the foot of the stairs leading to the basement, and she was calling to my grandpa because he had his basement set up to where he would cook the meals in the basement and bring them upstairs to the dining area. So she was at the foot of the stairs in her wheelchair, in her wheelchair and she was saying, Hoss, and... All of a sudden, I had this image. It was like a And she would say it like that because Horace is his Was his, name. right. Horace, oh, I'm, 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 that's right. I keep, whoa. Yeah, but I totally, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I've seen her at the foot of the stairs in the doorway and she fell out of her wheelchair down the stairs. A wheelchair landed on top of her. All of a sudden, my mother gets a call from Illinois, and it was my older sister. My older sister was telling my mother what had happened before, but before my older sister had called, I had told my mother earlier that day what I had seen, and it was my grandmother falling down the stairs in her wheelchair with her wheelchair on top of her. Hours later, a phone call comes in from Illinois, and it's my older sister. My older sister was on the phone to my mother. I remember sitting up at the table, and it was in the afternoon because it was still light outside, right. and I remember my mother talking to her, and once my mother hung up the phone, my mother turned and looked at me, and she said, Renee, remember you was telling me about seeing your grandma falling down the stairs in her wheelchair laying on top of her? I said, yeah, that was earlier. She said, that was Jackie. Your grandma sure did. She fell down the stairs and the wheelchair landed directly on top of her. And my mother's like, do you see anything else? And like I said, no, I just seen that, but it scares me because there's times where I can be in my room and I close my eyes and I see things and it scares me. And like I told my mother, whatever it is, whatever gift this is, I don't want it. She said, no, don't say that. She said, what you want to do? is you want to, when you pray, you want to ask God 
to please only send you the things that you can stand to see and the things you can't take them away. And he did. Yes, Amen. he did. Father God, he yes, he worked for me. But when I got older, <clears throat> we, I just, I would see things and it was meant for me to see these things because I was much older and I was, I want to say, you know, it never left me, but I was like in my 20s and things like that, and I could feel something was going to happen before it happened, and sure as shit don't stink. You even, your most recent uh, one was when we were at uh, your oldest brother's funeral, God rest his soul. God Chris. rest his soul. And um, tell him what happened when you went up, because you know how people go up there and they say uh, words of respect and, you know, your memories, and of course, yeah. that's her brother who helped raise her. He was like a father figure. Yes, he was. And um, I'll so never forget my, it. I'm sorry, go ahead. So my mom is up there, you know, so showing her respects, right? And everybody in the t first two rows, we're just listening because everybody knows. My mom is the auntie that if she has a dream about something, everybody heeds the warning. We may not like what's going to come from the dream. There you go. But she's the auntie out of all nine of her siblings. That yeah. everybody's like, oh, if Renee has um a vision or she has one of them dreams. Right, right. He's it, the messenger. So you're up at the podium. I'm up at the podium, and it was hard for me to talk about my older brother. Because, like, as my son just finished telling you, he was like a father figure. I never thought he was my father, but he just... He just took the role and he he just stepped, stepped up stepped didn't. up to the plate and he was always very overprotective of us and at a funeral it totally broke my heart but I, I kept my composure about me and as I was talking about my brother I'll never forget as I was you know talking to everyone that had came to the services I was at the podium and it was hard for me to just to just look over there, see him laying in his casket and me up there. And I remember it was a dream. It, it was not a premonition. This was a dream. He had came to me in my dream. But I remember before that dream, I was watching TV and it was around 1 or 2 no, in the I'm morning. I'm talking about how you seen the spirit at the uh, funeral. Well, let me get back to the oh, okay. first. Thank you much. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> it's my <story. laughs> Okay. It's my anyway, it was around 1 or 2. And I remember drifting off, and I remember in my dream, but it didn't feel like I was asleep, I was walking. And it was weird because it was walking in the area where my brother loved to fish. He loved to go to Pikes Creek and fish. But the light was so bright, and it was so sunny, and I'm walking, and I feel I'm lost, but I come upon my brother. And his three young boys, he had, my brother never wore a fishing jacket right. with little fish hooks. And he had a fishing jacket on, he had his plaid shirt on, his jeans, but it was so delightful. The sun was so bright, and you could see the two boy, the three boys, they were standing there with their fishing poles. They had cast them in the water. And I'm walking, and I know that's my brother. I'm getting closer, but I couldn't get close. I'm walking, but... I couldn't just reach out and grab him. He slowly turned. I'll never forget this. He told, slowly turned, and he looked at me. He always smoked Tipperillos. He had a cigar in his mouth. He looked at me, and he nodded his head, but he was in his 30s. He was young. I swear to God, you can believe it or not, he was young. He was in his 30s, and he looked at me, and I noticed the more I walked, it's like he just disappeared. 
And Lord, it, let me tell you, that's it. It scared me, scared me in the sense that I, 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 I couldn't. I didn't know what to make of it. And this is after he passed away. It was like it was giving you the confirmation that hey, right. This and all this stuff. And then to fast forward. Wait, I gotta say my story. Then since oh, you want to go, since oh, you want to be long-winded. Oh, excuse um, me. I beg your pardon. Okay, so he died September thirtieth. Now, if you remember, Mom, and I told my mom this, and she can confirm this, September 12th, I had a dream, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a dream, Um, I'm 29, y'all, so I've been out of high school for a long time. I'm in my dream, I'm getting ready for um school. I'm putting on my book bag, and oddly, my aunt who passed away is sitting on the couch, and she's sitting Indian style on the couch. Now, she had bad legs, so the thing is, sitting Indian style at her age, she would never do that. That's it. And my aunt who passed away, um, I think a year or two years prior to uh, my Uncle Chris's uh, passing, uh, right. she was sitting next to her daughter, who is my cousin. Um, and my cousin's very much still alive, but they were just leaning on each other, you know? Right. I'm leaving to go open the front door and go onto the porch, and he is standing Ooh, at the I foot of the stairs yeah. of our porch, and he's young and stuff like oh, that. My God. And see, the thing is, I'm 29. My uncle died when he was like 74. So think right. of this. By the time I came along and I was born, uh, my uncle was already in his 40s and 50s, so mm-hmm. I never got to see my oldest uncle in his youth. There you go. You know, because I'm the last of my grandma's 32 grandchildren. So he was already well off, you know, had kids and stuff yeah, like that, married. Yeah. He's yes, lived a lot by the time I came around. So I never seen him in his youth. So the fact that I was seeing him, he, so I opened the door. He's at the bottom, the foot of the porch. He walks up into the um, house and he uh, walks uh, to my mom's bedroom and he goes into the bedroom because he needs to have a conversation with my mom. As my mom opens the door to her bedroom and he walks into her bedroom, I wake up. And I tell my mom, this is September 12th, mind you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mom, I had a dream and Uncle Chris was young. And my mom was like, oh. And she was like, that's weird because when you were born, he wasn't young. He was already middle-aged, you know. Yeah, he was. Late 40s, early yeah, 50s. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember. So I was like, I was like, I, yeah. And I yeah. never seen him young. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, mm, that may be a sign of like a, of a passing coming soon. Yeah, and then I remember. September oh 30th, my gosh. we got the call that um, he passed away from my oldest auntie um, and stuff like that. And, my, and you know when my mom put the two people together and so did my cousin Jamie? They was like, sometimes, you know how um, machines will keep you alive, but your spirit will already leave the that's body. That's it, that's it. We believe, and I know, I, I feel this is confirmation, I believe that he already left his body mm-hmm. September 12th, and he was doing his rounds to visit the family member and those who meant something to him. I, re- I Be- believe that. Because I they so say believe that. your uh, soul, as you pass around, stay, can stay earthbound for two weeks to uh, comfort family. So, yeah, I seen that on the 12th, and then, yeah, he passed away on the 30th, but we already feel like he left his body way before. I think he left his body on the 12th. And earlier this summer, I did have a dream of my grandma, and I had never had a dream of my grandmother because after she died, she just never visited me. She was like, nigga, I've seen you enough in life. But, um, yeah, so as I should, um, so then as we move forward, Boy. we're at the um funeral service, and my mom's at the podium talking. This has been a long story because you know my mom's long winded. And, um, what happens? I seen your uncle Chris, he was standing in a background, he was standing in the back of the church behind two of these older men. He had leaned over the was that a pew, those things that we sit on, yeah. He was, or a chair, just a chair. Yeah, he was linked over, linked forward. He had one arm on one of his friends and the other arm on the other one. 
and he looked at me. Oh, my God, he was so freaking young. Excuse my French. He looked at me, and he nodded like, go ahead. For me to tell the story about him fishing, I believe that's why he nodded at me. And can I tell you something? And also, I'm not trying to say he had favorites, but I, I believe I was his favorite sister. I, yeah. I just feel that. Oh, girl, please. No, I, <laughs> I mean, no, don't get me wrong. He loved all of us equally. equally. But by me being the youngest, I think I was his favorite. Because why would he come? Yeah, go ahead. You had a connection because you were both very hard-headed, uh, stubborn, and sometimes rude. And then plus Chris would always come over, and he always liked to hear me and Mama's experiences. Oh, you the know? supernatural experiences. Yeah, yeah, he, for some reason, that just, I don't I don't want to say him. it gave him, my, it captivated him. Thank you. And he's like, Winnie, Winnie. That's what he used to call me. He'd say, Winnie, did you hear that? Did you hear what mom just said? And you're I like, said, I lived it. I'm <laughs> like, Chris, yeah. And he'd be so, oh, he'd be so like, oh, my God. Because oh, everything she said, they come, well, yeah, I know, Chris. And I know. Is, <laughs> and the thing is, he wasn't psychic because, like, as right. I always tell people, it skips generations. Just because you may have a parent that is psychic or have some type of gift doesn't mean you're getting it. It's a good chance that your kids will end up having That's it. That's it. That's it. But, oh, he would, oh, you know what? Like I said, one thing about my brother. He's been gone for what about a month or two? Um, the thirtieth of November, November made it December. a month. December thirtieth so will make it two months. Right. Can I tell you something? Don't my brother's been gone for two months? Can I tell you something? I feel I I feel he's not gone. I I can always pick up a sense if he's thinking about me or if he's around family member, but family members, cause I like. Like, like, you know, we already said, you know, that psychic line that runs in the family. But you know what? I, I pick up a sense that he is really around my older sister. Yeah. Who I'm not going to use her name because I got a bad with name slipping. But I lately I've just been picking that up that he, he stays close. Not hovering. Right. But he stays close around her. And I also, like I always say, when it comes to the spirit world, I think people need to know. Um, death is just uh, the smallest part of a spirit. We're all spirits having a human experience. The thing is, I always tell people, think of death like this. We all get a round trip ticket. Yes, we do. So Chris. think of it, you're going on vacation. You Gosh. get a round trip ticket. You get to one destination and then you go back. You See, go. we all come from a spiritual world, a spirit world. Uh, and this right now is just a temporary vacation. When you think about it, if you live like 50, 60, 70, 80 years, that is a short time when you're an eternal spirit. Amen. You know? And I'm not even speaking Amen. of one organized religion. Chris. It's just like you have to remember, that it all happens in circles. Yeah, if you don't. believe in reincarnation, you, you'll be back. But it's all a cycle. Everybody just has different destinations. Exactly. Everybody's exactly. Uh, departure date is different. But we're all going to get to the other side eventually, no matter what you believe in. All right. Amen to that. So with that being said, I want to thank my mom for coming on here. You know, she is a good... Uh, She's a good family historian and just call, recalling uh, history. And I think that's the gift of being the youngest because you get to witness everything exactly. as it unfolds. <clears throat> and then you try to not forget anything because everything is so important. And as you're telling your experiences, not your story because it ain't no story. Right. As you're telling your experience, it's very important not to forget any little detail. And let it live on. So maybe 
these uh, situations and scenarios can help somebody else who may be going through it at the moment. I hope or it does. Or to know what not to do or what to do. I hope that's one of the reasons why I agree to do this with my son is for the simple fact maybe one story or two it could help a lot of people you never know and also you shouldn't be scared if you have some type of spiritual gift because as long as you know your heart your heart posture is right and you know the source you're calling on it from you don't have to worry about people using a book or bible or anything to condemn you because if you're using it for the right it'll always fall that's it it'll always uh fall into place but i've always been a kind of person and this goes to everyone listening. I've always been the kind of person, you know, you believe in what you believe. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to persuade you. We have a lot of skeptics who don't believe, and they have every right to believe in what they want to believe like we do. But we, gonna say we, gonna say but we sure are going to speak the truth. Amen and amen and amen. So I'm going to thank you guys. This has been another episode on my podcast, Mission Mortimer's Day Off. Because, you know, it's like my little blog series since it's December, the winter months. And I said I would do a new episode every Wednesday. This episode going to come out on Friday because, you know, my mom uh, just got off of her college job and stuff like that. So with that being said, you guys, y'all know the routine. I want to thank you guys for being here. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And remember, it's always a day off when you're dealing with a bitch like me. Bye, you guys. Bye, you guys.